You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. In July of 2000, the FDA gave approval for Intuitive Surgical, a surgical robotics company, to proceed with their first operative surgical robotic system. There are now over 500 surgical robotic da Vinci devices in use throughout the United States, Europe, and Asia. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Ryan Rhodes, Senior Director for Intuitive Surgical, a surgical robotic company. Welcome, Mr. Rhodes. Good afternoon. Today we will be talking about the evolution of this fascinating new surgical technology. Ryan, how was this developed and when? Well, the technology dates really back to the late 80s and was in development work in the early 90s. Uh, it was essentially a project funded by the government looking at remote battlefield surgery. And it was essentially a, a collaborative project that involved Stanford Research Institute, now known as SRI International, uh, MIT, and IBM. And it was uh, to look at this concept of remote battlefield surgery on behalf of the military. Now, what do you exactly mean by remote battlefield surgery? So it was very clear that there was uh, a number of projects uh, in the works to explore whether uh, surgeons could actually operate further away from the battlefield, much different uh, than the model we typically see on the television show MASH. In this concept, a patient would be put into a triage situation, and then depending on the operation or intervention, they would be treated by a robotic system where either through satellite or remotely, a surgeon could be called up and actually perform the operation miles away from the area of conflict. Now, how did this evolve to the present da Vinci system? Well, the project proof of concept uh, proved itself out and basically ended in the early 90s, and it was at that point that two founders, one who happened to be a surgeon, Dr. Fred Mull, uh, looked at taking the technology and applying it in civilian medicine. And at that point, uh, early, mid-1995, Intuitive Surgical uh, was then founded to basically test and, and look at this theory. But since you wouldn't be doing it remotely in civilian surgery, what would be the reasoning for developing the system? Well, one of the key things that was uh, noted in, in development work that had been performed was that the system would rely on a couple of key uh, proprietary technologies, one related to vision. Uh, as surgeons operate today, vision and, and the ability to see structures better uh, is, is always important. Uh, so that was built into the system, that it would have this operative three-dimensional vision system. The other was related to the uh, endo-risk technology and the ability to perform the operation in a laparoscopic type of approach but give the surgeon actually the control that they would have in conventional open surgery. So both of the founders felt that this had a, uh, a vast amount of value and could be, again, further developed into civilian medicine. And when was actually the first da Vinci system built? The first da Vinci system was built in, uh, well, Depending on how we would describe it, the working system as we know it was developed in 1998, and uh, it was officially launched a year later in January of 1999. And the FDA approved it straight away? 
Well, as with most uh, technologies, uh, those are tested in a uh, human environment. We did some clinical trial work uh, over in Europe, and we uh, applied the technology in a series of patients. We also did some work uh, in other areas outside the country as part of our FDA submittal. And upon submitting it to the FDA, it was actually approved for laparoscopic surgery in the year 2000. Uh, subsequent years, we've been able to add at different levels of approval for different operations. Well, Ryan, why did we develop this system? What was the need for it? I mean, for years we've been doing laparoscopic approaches, and we've gotten reasonably good at it. What advantages does the da Vinci have that we couldn't do in our traditional laparoscopic approach? Well, it was clear that a number of operations that could be applied to basic laparoscopy were being performed. Uh, typically more simpler operations. Uh, as we looked at more complex surgeries, you know, some of the complex cancer operations, or where there was a lot of reconstructive surgery, it was clear that those operations would be challenged with conventional laparoscopy. So ideally, with the system having this vision system that would allow you to see better, and then having the ability to have a wristed instrument with multiple degrees of freedom being controlled by a robotic system in the patient, that we could maybe potentially have an impact of increasing the adoption of laparoscopic surgery across multiple specialties into a broader range of procedures. So we're really talking about two different factors. One is a visual factor where we could actually see better through this device than we can through traditional laparoscopic approach. And secondly, we can utilize our instruments in a better way than we can with traditional laparoscopy? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the vision system, uh, as noted, would give you a better view than you would get in conventional surgery and would add the 3D component, now HD 3D, uh, for the surgeon to be able to see the anatomy better, uh, more clearly. And, of course, the uh, vision system is controlled by the robotic uh, system. Uh, the other is the instruments, as noted. Yes, they would allow you the increased dexterity that you would have been accustomed to and trained to as surgeons uh, relating back to your experience as an open surgeon. Now, I can understand the advantages in the visual system, that being always a limitation of laparoscopic surgery traditionally has been two-dimensional versus three-dimensional. So certainly having three-dimensional uh, vision would be much better. But how would the dexterity be improved? In other words, what is the da Vinci system doing with the transduction of my hand movements to the laparoscopic instruments that I'm not normally doing in traditional laparoscopic surgery? That is a, an important piece to the system, and I would explain it probably easier. We hear the term chopsticks uh, because most rigid instruments, uh, conventional laparoscopic instruments, are rigid in their design and function. Uh, the endo-wrist technology of the da Vinci system allows you to have this wristed instrument which has a total of seven degrees of freedom, similar to a human wrist. Uh, those degrees of freedom are insertion, rotation, grip, and then a couple of key components, inner pitch, inner yaw, and outer pitch and outer yaw. Now, I know many of the listeners are probably not engineers, but this combination allows you to have a rolling motion or wristed motion inside the patient. And that delivery gives you added control and dexterity. You are listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. 
I am Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and I am speaking with Mr. Ryan Rhodes, Senior Director at Intuitive Surgical, a surgical robotic company, and we are discussing surgical robotics. Ryan, you discussed the wrist motions. When we attach these transducers to our hands, it really makes our movements that much finer and that much more accurate? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, the system allows you a couple of things. The wristed motion, which is key to the architecture of the Da Vinci system. The other is that the robotic system also filters out tremor in the surgeon's hand and allows them to simultaneously scale their motions. And when I talk about motion scaling, it's pretty simple in the sense that if I move my hand, say, five degrees, I can set the robot so it would only move a fraction of that, say, five degrees to one degree. This motion scaling and filtering system, again, adds to the uh, component of the endo wrist to give a higher level of precision and dexterity. Is this basically the same process that is used in advanced video games when we attach gloves to people's hands and they control the video game in that way? It is very similar. Um, People refer to the system as having, say, very high-tech joysticks, and I guess that would be a very uh, good analogy. It is close to the simulation and and feel that you might get with some of the most modern video games on the market. When and where, Ryan, was the first Da Vinci system used? The first Da Vinci system was used, uh, was actually the clinical work was used in Belgium. uh, And it was uh, used for a very simple operation at first, and and it was part of the clinical trial that was in Belgium. Uh, And then uh, in the United States, uh, it was in Ohio in Columbus, Ohio, a year or two later. Was this an academic center, or was it a community hospital? It was an academic center, Ohio State University in Columbus. Can community hospitals compete for the use of da Vinci's in the same way that academic programs can? They can, and I think if you look at some of the modeling that's uh, out there with some of the community hospitals, most today are looking for new ways or innovative ways to retain patients and attract new patients. So having a technology that would allow them to potentially raise patient satisfaction, raise clinical outcomes, uh, and being perceived as a leader in their market with uh, better outcomes in in the newer of technologies, uh, this plays really well with the community hospitals around the country. Now, a question that our hospital administrators will ask us, does insurance remunerate the hospital in a greater form? for use of this device? In some procedures, the answer is yes. In other procedures, it really depends on the mix of insurance that the hospital carries. And of course, their contracting with outside insurance agencies makes also another difference in the overall look at reimbursement. Uh, We know some centers today that are highly profitable because of their robotics programs. Others, uh, some procedures are more profitable, others are not. Uh, It really depends on each individual institution. And finally, how have the patients actually accepted the concept of having a surgeon and a machine doing their operation? Many patients uh, today, uh, you know, certainly understand the value of computers. Uh, They're in and around our lives today in our cars and at home powering our appliances. So many times surgeons will refer to the system, the robotic system, as purely putting a high-powered computer between you, the surgeon, and your patient. Knowing that the technology has been around for quite a while and has been highly refined and is safe and efficacious, many patients understand that 
there's some delivered value back to them as a patient, um, maybe having a better operation, and in many cases, uh, better outcomes, uh, clinical outcomes of their surgery. So many, as they get better educated on the technology, are very accepting, and, and many hospitals today use robotics or operative robotics as a way to attract new incremental patient volume into their centers. I want to thank Mr. Ryan Rhodes, Senior Director for Intuitive Surgical, a surgical robotic company in Sunnyvale, California, who has been our guest to discuss the surgical robotic system Da Vinci. I am Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.